Hello, this is Frank. And this is Bobby. And you're listening to the audio portion of our TV program, An Overcoming Life. This is a program of anointed teaching and overcoming testimonies. If you want to be blessed, then keep listening to this program once a week. Please let us know if you were inspired by the program. Our address is P.O. Box 53, Tallahassee, 32302. And our email is intercedingprayer at yahoo.com. Welcome, friends, to An Overcoming Life. And you know, that's what you can have with Jesus. You can have an overcoming life. You don't have to put up with the devil beating you over the head with a club. You can beat him back with the Word of God. Amen. And um, we have our precious sister in the Lord that is really gifted in telling you just how you can beat that devil over the head. <laughs> so well, let us share with us what you guys Thank you do. so much, Bobby and Frank. Thank you so much. Um, well, I'm just so thrilled to be with you today. And um, I have another message from the Lord. I hope this will be an encouragement to you and a, and a help to you. This is what it's all about, is helping one another. Amen. Through the word of the living God. So the title of this message is called Spiritual Setbacks. And, you know, we've all had setbacks in our life. And I looked up the word setbacks, and it just means, you know, it means problems, difficulties, issues, complications, uh, losses, uh, you know, and we've all experienced those. You can't live in this world and not experience them. Amen. Unfortunately, I wish we could. But there will be a new earth coming one day where there will be no more. And boy, hallelujah, are we going to have a good time. Amen. But, uh, you know, another thing, too, is have you ever felt like uh, like blind? Blindsided, the word blindsided. Mm-hmm. Blindsided means when you're struck by surprise from an unexpected uh, direction. You know, and uh, it, they say, well, I was just blindsided. You make a remark, well, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Have you ever had those situations? Well, I didn't see that coming. Well, we've all had those too. And uh, But you know what? Even though it's unexpected, we can be ready if we are full controlled of the Word of God, amen, and the Spirit of God. We can be ready for these for these setbacks. So John 10.10, I want to make something very clear. If you don't know this, find your Bible. John 10.10 says the thief is the one that comes to steal. The thief is Satan. The God of this world comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's the one behind all the opposition, not God. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So whatever has happened to you, if it's not life, if it's not good, it's not from God, okay? You've got to have that understanding and know the difference, amen? So uh, the enemy's always trying to kill, steal, and destroy from you. And so we have to be ready. we got to stay ahead of these attacks, amen? we got to be prepared by declaring the Word of God. Every day declaring it and speaking the Word of God over ourselves and over our family. Then we can stop him dead in his tracks. We can't allow him to defeat us. Now, you know, also the enemy uses delays. Uh, you know, uh, we'll pray and we'll believe for something. And, you know, it just seems like it's not going to happen. There's delays. There's hindrances. And so the devil brings these about because he wants us to give up and he wants us to believe that God's not hearing us or maybe this is not God's will or maybe God doesn't want me to have this. Okay, but that is not God's way. It it delays, it it comes from the enemy to try to stop the manifestation of what God is trying to bring to us. Amen? So anyway, just just know that about delays. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Amen? Be be strong. 
Uh, you need to wrap yourself in the promises of God. Wrap yourself in His promises. And God wants us to enjoy our, our trip down here. You know, that doesn't mean that we're not going to have these setbacks, but God wants us to be full of the joy of the Lord. And we can have that if we're spending time in His Word and know that He's with us. Amen. And He's for us and not against us. Glory to God. I was on Facebook several, I don't know, several weeks ago, and I saw this little slogan on there, and this is what inspired this message today, and this is what it says. The comeback is always stronger than the setback. And let me tell you, that just went off in me like a bomb. And I said, oh, God, that's good. And I'm going to have a message on this. And I'm going to prove to you through the Word of God today that your comeback is going to be stronger than the setback that the devil has planned for you. Amen? So we're going to look at Abraham's life, Britt. We're going to look at several people in the Word of God. Abraham's life. You know, God promised Abraham a son, a promised son. He had to wait 20 five years before this was fulfilled. That's a long time, isn't it? To wait sure to, to, for this uh, baby to come. So because of this, Sarah, his wife, got impatient. Now watch out about impatience. She got impatient. So she came up with this plan and she says, I'm going to try to help God along with this to fulfill this promise. I'm going to help him. So Abraham, what about if I give you my handmaiden, Hagar, and you know, you can get with her and you know, a baby can be birthed through Hagar. And that's how I'm going to get this promised child. You know, that's what she had all planned out. And she convinced her husband to go along with it. So they came up with their plan. Well, sometimes these plans we come up with, if we get impatient, they just don't always work out real well. And sometimes we're busy picking up the broken pieces and, and the mess that we've made because we got ahead of God and we got impatient. Amen. So, you know, we don't need to be getting ahead of God. And making wrong decisions and then having to pay the price for those. Amen? <laughs> so now we're going to look at David's life. But you know, Abraham did get the promise. It did come. And Isaac was the promised child. Amen? <laughs> and, uh, and, and it was all fulfilled like God wanted it and it all worked out. So anyway, it worked out. So now we're going to look at David's life. Now he was anointed to be the king of Israel. And he was anointed at 15 years old. At 22 years old is when he came and fought the giant Goliath, which in another message that I shared, we talked about that. But he became a hero. He killed Goliath and he became a great hero and all was known throughout all the land. He became famous basically because of it. Okay, so then after this, King Saul became tormented by an evil spirit. And so because of this evil spirit, you know, Saul was jealous of David because when they would go out to battle and they would come back with the victory, it said the women begin to sing, sing saying, oh, Saul has killed his thousands and David has killed his ten thousands. And so he became jealous and this evil spirit entered into him. And so David was chased by Saul trying to kill him for seven years. He lived in the wilderness. He lived in caves. He had to look for his food, you know, and find provision for all the people that were with him. It, I'm sure it was not pleasant. It was not a pleasant seven years for him. At 30 years of age, David finally becomes crowned as the king. But along this journey, David had a chance to kill King Saul Several times, it tells us in the Bible. Yeah. 
Okay, several times. But listen to 1 Samuel 24, 6, what David says. The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my master. Basically kill him. He could have killed him. The Lord's anointed to stretch out my hand against him, seeing he is the anointed of the Lord. I want you to recognize something here. Even though David knew he would become king one day, he refused to take it into his own hands and kill Saul himself so he could go ahead and become king. He refused to touch and still acknowledge that Saul was the king. Mm-hmm. That Saul at one time was anointed by God to be the king. He still had reverence for him. Yep. He still respected him. Yep. There, there's, a, there's keys here. I hope you're grasping them. He chose to do the right thing. Yeah. And he didn't kill him. Okay? Yeah, if he had, it, it would probably just... Turned out completely different. Yep, turned out completely different. Yep. Com- turned out completely different. Yeah, so, First Samuel 24, 6, you know, I just read that, that he refused to touch him. He refused to take it into his own hands. And so, you know, but he right. did become king and he, and he served the Lord as king for many, many years. And so, you know, his comeback was definitely stronger than his setback. Because God fulfilled what he promised him. Okay, now we're going to look at Joseph's life. Joseph had a dream concerning his future. All right, and he told his brothers, and then they got jealous, and they sold him into slavery. The next thing that happened is he spent 11 years in Potiphar's house. He was accused along the way of trying to rape Potiphar's wife, and then ends up in prison for two years because of it. Okay, while he's in prison, though, Joseph does the best he can. God's favor was on him, and he became head, even in the prison, of everything that was going on there. Okay, so Joseph finally finds out that uh, Pharaoh has had a dream, and uh, so they call in him, uh, uh, Joseph, to interpret this dream for him. He not only interprets the dream, He comes up with a plan to solve the problem about the starvation that's coming to Egypt. Well, when he did that, that was it. Pharaoh gives, he he says, who else do we need to rule and take over but him? Because he recognized God was in Joseph. So Pharaoh gives Joseph his signet ring of authority. He dressed him in royal apparel and placed a royal chain about his neck. And then Pharaoh said, I have placed you in charge of all of Egypt. Okay. And he ruled in Egypt for 80 years. I think that's quite a comeback. Don't you? I think through everything he suffered, everything he suffered, that was quite a a comeback. Well, you haven't heard anything yet. Wait till we get to Job. Oh, glory to God, Job. Wait till you hear his story. Okay. There were many setbacks in Job's life. Job 1.8 says, have you considered, this is what uh, Satan came before God. He says, and God says to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there's none like him in all the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil? But you know what? His friends accused him of because of all that he he went through. It was because he sinned, because he did something bad. And they kept saying, oh, you need to repent. You need to repent of your sin. He said, I've, I've not sinned. I've not sinned. But, but anyway, he was accused. Now listen to this. In one day, one day, Job loses 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 
500 oxen and 500 female donkeys. He loses the majority of his servants. He loses seven sons and three daughters in one day. You think you got problems? You think you got a setback? I would call this a, a disaster, a terrible disaster. Major loss. Now I want you to listen very carefully, carefully to this because when we have setbacks, it's very important how you react to them. Because that's going to determine how you react of what your what your comeback's going to be. Here's how Job reacted. Listen to this. Job one twenty. Job arose. Job tore his robe and Job Job shaved his head and he fell to the ground and worshipped God. And all that loss. That's how he reacted. Isn't that amazing? In verse 122, it says, In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. He maintained his integrity. He maintained his attitude. And it it remained right before God. He held fast to his integrity. Job 2.3 Then God says, Well, this was after it all happened. He says to Satan, Well, have you noticed my servant Job? He says to him again. The Lord asks, He's the finest man in all the earth, a good man who fears God and turns away from evil, and he holds fast to his integrity. Listen to this. Despite the fact that you persuaded me to let you harm him without any cause. Mm Job 42.10 Then when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his wealth and happiness. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as he had before. I believe this is a gigantic comeback. Listen to this. Job 42.11 The Lord gave him twice as much. All his friends, listen to this, all his friends who forsook him and relatives, they came back and they brought him a piece of silver and a ring of gold, each one. Job now has 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, a 1,000 yoke of oxen, and a 1,000 female donkeys. He had seven more sons and three more daughters, and they said that the daughters were the most beautiful women in the land. Wow. <laughs> That's quite a comeback. Job lived. Listen to this. He lived a hundred and to be a hundred and forty years old, and saw his children and his grandchildren for four generations. Wow! wow. God. God restored him back to a place of blessing and joy. This, my friends, is what you call a comeback. <laughs> a comeback that is so much greater than the setback. But I think one of the keys for Job was his reaction. Hmm. His reaction. He worshipped God. He didn't blame God. He didn't get mad. You know. So anyway. So I also want to mention the disciples. And I want to read this because Jesus had 12 disciples. They had a lot of setbacks. But they were determined to get the word of God out. And it says in verse 
This is 2 Corinthians 6, 4 through 10. It says, We patiently endured suffering and hardship and trouble of every kind. We have been beaten, put in jail, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, stayed awake through sleepless nights of watching and gone without food. We have proved ourselves to be what we claim by our wholesome lives and by our understanding of the gospel and by our patience. We have been kind and truly loving and filled with the Holy Spirit. We have been truthful with God's power, helping us and all we do. All of the godly man's arsenal weapons of defense and weapons of attack have been ours. We stand true to the Lord, whether others honor us or despise us, whether they criticize us or command us. We are honest, but but they call us liars. The world ignores us, but we are known to God. We live close to death, but we're still here, very much alive. We have been injured, but kept from death. Our hearts ache, but at the same time, we have the joy of the Lord. We are poor, but we give rich spiritual gifts to others. We own nothing, and yet we enjoy everything. Hmm. Now, this is the 12 disciples. Do you know that these 12 men... These 12 men are the reason we have the gospel today. They never gave up and it spread. This gospel has spread throughout the entire world. And believe me, their comeback was much greater than their setback. Amen. Amen Amen Amen. and amen. So I want to briefly go over just some summary, a summary of, of these men and the comeback from these setbacks and some of the keys. They were submitted to God. They drew near to Him in their time of trouble. They were determined to trust God and do the absolute best they could. They persevered in the face of all opposition. They allowed God to mold them and train them through the negative setbacks to refine and prepare them as effective leaders. They knew their enemy. They knew their enemy. They forgave. They did not allow bitterness to take root in their heart. They moved forward through every trial and tribulation. They kept moving with one foot in front of the other. They were determined to finish their race. Amen. Determined they were going to finish their race. They defeated fear and discouragement by encouraging themselves in the Lord. Amen. Amen. You know, I want to read uh, briefly 1 Peter 5, 7 through, uh, 7 through 11. It says here, Let him have all your worries, talking about the Lord. Let him have all your worries and cares, for he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. My brother and sister, the Lord loves you. He gave his life for you. Even if you'd been the only one, he would have died for you. It says, be careful and watch out for attacks from Satan, your great enemy. He prowls around like a hungry, roaring lion looking for some victim to tear apart. You need to stand firm when he attacks. Trust the Lord and remember that other Christians all around the world are also going through the same afflictions that we are. Amen? Amen? You know, and the, the, the Lord says in James 4, 7, it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And that's what we have to do. We have to resist him and he flees. And uh, also, you know, I mentioned not... Uh, holding bitterness. They didn't hold bitterness, but they forgave. And in 2 Corinthians 2.11, it says, a further reason for forgiveness is to keep from being outsmarted by Satan. For we know what he is trying to do. We need to know who our enemy is and how he operates so that we know what to do. Amen? 
He is a thief and he's come to destroy our lives and discourage us through these setbacks. But the key is we got to keep doing what we know to do. Amen. We have to keep doing what we know to do. Now, I I have something that I want to read today uh, to you. And uh, this is going to bless you. And I found this online. And I'm not going to tell you who this is, but I'm going to tell what happened to him in his life and how his comeback uh, was greater than his setback. This man was seven years old. His family was forced out of their home and he had to work to help support them. He was nine when his mother died. At 22, he lost his job as a store clerk. Uh, He wanted to go to law school, but lacked the education. At 23, he went into debt to become a partner in a small store. At 26, his business partner died, leaving him with a huge debt that took years for him to repay. Things aren't going too well, are they? Okay. At 28, after courting a girl for four years, he asked her to marry him, and she said no. At at 37, on his third try, he was elected to Congress, but two years later, he failed to be reelected. At 41, his four-year-old son died. At 45, he ran for the Senate and he lost. At 37, he failed as the vice presidential candidate. At 49, he ran for the Senate and lost. At 51, he's 51 now, still hanging on, still moving, right? At 51, he was elected president of the United States. Hmm. Many consider this man, Abraham Lincoln, the greatest leader that our country has ever had. Lincoln suffered numerous setbacks in his own personal life and career, but he persevered and eventually succeeded in the plan and the purpose that God had for him, amen, to become our president. Uh, so you're going to, in life, we're going to suffer uh, setbacks. We're going to suffer different dis, uh, disappointments, but we must continue to uh, commit ourselves to the Lord and try to keep following him and don't give up. Amen. Amen. We do not give Amen. up. Isn't that great? A story about Abraham yes. Lincoln and all the things that happened to the him. The things that he went through. The, all yes, that. the things things he went through and he endured. But, you know, God is faithful. God's not going to, you know, if we continue to hold on to the Lord, he's not going to let us fall. He's not going to let us drown. You know, it says when we go through the water and the fire, we won't be burned. Right. We won't drown. He's going to come and he's going to he's going to save us. Amen. But the key word there is through. Yes, through. Through. Yes, through. No matter what comes in our life, through Christ we can be more than a conqueror. You can go through what you're going through if Christ is the head of your life. Amen. I have a declaration that I want to pray over everyone listening to me and over us today. And you know, all we have to do is hear it and receive it as I pray it. You hear it. And you say, I take it. It's mine. I receive it. But this is a declaration. And if you don't know about this book, you need to get it. It's called Daily Decrees by Brenda Kuhneman. And it's absolutely dynamite. It is dynamite. And I pray one of these declarations over me and my family every day. Amen. So listen to this. This is all about what we just prayed. Today, I decree over you that you experience restoration from the years the locust and the canker worm have eaten. May everything that has seemed to have decayed 
or crumbled be reestablished into newness and may you begin to flourish again. In the spirit, I prophesy a rebuilding of the old waste places and that streams begin to flow in the desert toward you today. I break the power of destruction, attack and devastation in Jesus name. I pray that you begin to receive restitution, payback, benefits and reimbursements now in the name of Jesus. I pray that food fruitfulness will remain in your life and that you will experience fulfillment, success, and complete contentment in the name of Jesus. I ask that all that God has planned for your life will begin to fully manifest in this season before you. I speak this all in the name of Jesus Christ and I call it done in Jesus name. Done in Jesus name. Go out angels now and do it in the name of Jesus. Go out now and break down every evil altar erected in the people's life today that Satan has erected to bring destruction in every area, whether it's health, whether it's finances, whether it's divorce, whether it's uh your children are away from God. Uh, they're prodigals and you're believing God to bring them back home. Whatever the situation is, we declare and decree today these demonic altars are being pulled down right now by God's angels and destroyed and annihilated in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we believe it. I want to read this scripture to you. This is found in Joel 2, 25 and 26. This is God's word to you today. And I will restore to you those years that the locust has eaten and the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army, which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty. You're going to eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of your Lord, your God, that have dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. Glory to God. We don't have to be ashamed if we serve the Lord. King David says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Now you need to grab hold of that because there's all kinds of words going out, shortages of food, they're saying this and that. Well, we're the righteous and David, King David said he's never seen his God's children begging for bread and we're not going to have to beg for bread. I declare and decree it today. We will not in Jesus name, in Jesus name. Hallelujah. I pray that if there's anybody out there and you don't know Jesus as your Lord, you say this right now with your mouth. Say, Father God, I come before you in the name of Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry for what I've done. I repent and I turn away from evil. Lord, I want to follow you now from this day forward. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God and that you died for me. If you just prayed that, Jesus Christ says you're born again by his spirit. You don't have to live in darkness anymore. You've been translated out of that darkness into God's kingdom of light. Amen. And he wants you to begin to get into his word and find out what he wants you to do in life. Amen. He has a God says he has a good plan for us, Bobby. Yes. A, a plan to prosper us, a plan to prosper us and, and a good plan. And we need to get on board with what his plan is. And then begin to do it. Amen? Amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Melinda, uh, what would you say to someone out there that's discouraged, that's watching us? I feel like the Holy Spirit told me that 
There's someone out there watching that yeah. is really discouraged. Yeah, you need to put your trust in God. You need to put your trust in God and, and uh, listen to uh, this, these programs and to what we're teaching you right now and just say, no, devil, no more. I refuse to be discouraged. I know and believe that I'm God's child and he's got good things for me. Get the negative out of your mouth and stay positive. That's what I would Amen. say. Amen. Stay positive. Believe God and his word. He won't disappoint you. That's right. He'll never fail. Amen. This is Bobby. And Frank. And Melinda. Saying, God loves you, my friend. And so do we. See you next week. This program was produced by the Overcomers Ministry, a nonprofit corporation. We have a team of loving, caring prayer warriors that will intercede over your request, pray, and email you back. Contact us at intercedingprayer at yahoo.com. This is Frank. And this is Bobby. Thank Thank you you for for listening. listening.